Welcome to COVIDcast. COVIDcast is a working together against Corona campaign made possible by Search for Common Ground Nigeria with the financial support of the European Union. Its content are the sole responsibility of Search for Common Ground and do not necessarily reflect the views of the European Union. The campaign is aimed at supporting an effective conflict-sensitive response to COVID-19 pandemic in a way that prevents further deterioration of social cohesion in fragile contexts in Nigeria. I am Joey Shekwonojimbo, and today I am joined with Dr. Daniel Meshak. Thank you. Happy to be here. Okay, so first off, a lot of people may not really understand the context of what infodemics really means. I don't know if you can clarify more on that. Okay, um, infodemic simply means an, a surplus of information in which some are true and some are not true uh, concerning a particular situation or an event and so uh, for COVID-19 apart from fighting the pandemic we are also fighting infodemic because of we are in the era of uh, social media and because of that with with COVID-19 you see a lot of information being circulated around social media and some of them are true and many of them are not true it makes it confusing for people who read it for members of of the public to be able to get the right and trustworthy information in order to make informed uh, decisions concerning covid19 and so that is a serious challenge to the response of covid19 all right now there is a study on human behavior which has identified four basic personality types. A study on human behavior has revealed that 90% of the population can be classified into four basic personality types. The optimistic, pessimistic, trusting, and envious. Now, to the context of Africa and, of course, Nigeria, and if it's even possible, let's go way to where we are, Plateau State. Where do you think you can place us in this category? Well, uh, you know, in the population, you have diverse uh, groups of people. Okay. And, um, yeah, we're having um, a lot of people because of infodemic. We're having a lot of people telling you that uh, they don't even believe in COVID-19. Yeah. And then you, it is affecting risk perception. Okay. Um, and risk perception of uh, simply means your awareness of how serious a yeah. certain threat is and so with COVID-19, infodemic has affected a risk perception, and largely, our personality type is involved in how we assess information. Yeah, there are people that uh, yes are optimistic; they love to you know engage people, help others, and the rest. Yeah. And you find out that it depends on which angle they are perceiving the risks. Okay. If they are looking at it as very serious and that they could play a role in transmitting diseases to another person, you find out that they tend to take it serious. Yeah. But then we have some people that by nature, they are skeptical. Okay. They are critics. They are, they are always paranoid. They, they are suspicious by nature. Yeah. That's their personality type. And those kind of people, you find out that they, whatever information they are, the ones that want to scrutinize, they are always bringing out the conspiracy <laughs> in everything that they see. Yeah. You know, they say Bill Gates is the one that wants to sterilize Africa, kill mm-hmm. Africa, you know, all sort of things. Those are the kind of personality you, you see. And then also, 
there is also another personality those ones that love taking risks yeah they are very adventurous mm-hmm. in fact if something is risky that's where you find them and so it affects their risks uh, perception yeah. of covid-19 yeah. and largely what you believe is going to shape your behavior and so if you believe that covid-19 is not serious it's going to affect your adherence to the non-pharmaceutical preventive measures that have been advocated all over the world yeah. you know but if you believe that covid-19 is serious then you are likely going to adhere to this measure so we have uh, people like that and then also um you know we are having uh, other people that are probably um they may not have those kind of uh, situation but they are being influenced by other factors yes i was going to ask you yeah. um what role or what impact has the religious leaders because i know a lot of people listen to their pastors and imam more than even the government so can this be a contributing factor yeah to it, their personality it, type yeah it, it is maybe i will say it is more of the environment okay but you know usually it's an, an interplay of many factors that uh, how you see the outcome yeah. you know you know being reflected in how a person behaves, behaves yeah. or you know towards a direction or against it yeah. you know so yes we've seen a situation whereby there are certain religious leaders both yeah. christian and muslim you know openly coming out to tell you that they don't believe that covid-19 is true and they just feel like it is a scam yeah. you know and also we have seen some religious leaders coming uh, out to say that covid-19 is true yeah. and admonishing their adherence to you know adhere to all those uh, preventive measures that have been advocated by government and uh, health agencies uh, globally yeah. you know i i i use know that there are people again that um, they live and you know they act they, they they take the words of their religious leaders seriously. seriously yeah yeah and even the co- community too you know you've seen that even in communities where yeah. uh they have influential leaders if they believe that covid-19 is serious you, the people in their community are likely going to listen <laughs> and if they don't believe yeah. in terms of especially risk perception they don't believe that it's a serious thing then is likely the people will follow that direction yeah. okay yeah. so you're part of the co-chairman of the plateau health interprofessional committee mm-hmm. on covid-19 response so what would you say about our demograph as regarding the response rates from this part of the world as regarding the meets misinformation vaccination and also dissemination of information well what you see is that um largely when you look at even from the epidemiology yeah. you find out that largely most of the people infected are people uh, around the age of 21 to about 40 okay they are the ones that are mostly affected and what is is it about those particular group you know they are the highly mobile group yeah. they are the risk taking group they are the adventurous group they move around a lot and so um they are going to take uh, uh, that round and because again somehow we, uh, in that population we are not uh, encountering more of the severe case of covid-19 yeah. and so it makes them start to believe that it's not uh, real. Uh, anything serious or yeah. real and so um uh, you find out that in those kind of populations there's a lot of um the risk perception is uh, is such that uh, they don't take it serious they don't believe covid-19 is a serious thing and so and, and 
we're beginning to have a lot of young people who are even telling you you know they don't believe in vaccine they're anti-vax anti-vaxxers yeah. and the rest you you know we're having a growing number around here honestly you know and, i and, think and in nigeria plateau was ranking third yeah and, and largely it's because of social media right now what is happening in the world you know <laughs> before you know it is all over everybody yeah. has access to it and so mm-hmm. right now young people are living their lives mostly on social media yeah. and it's influencing uh, what they believe because what you feed your mind with you know is largely going to affect you influence your thinking your behavior yeah uh, you know and what you believe in and so th- that is the major challenge that we are seeing especially amongst young people there's a, a lot of them are believing that COVID 19 is, is calm and the rest yeah. and you know i think that also the attitude of government has not helped matters i was even going to get to that because i know you're in government well i'm I'm not in government per se (laughs) i I, am i'm just a healthcare worker i i just practice as a medical practitioner okay you know but i'm not part of the government responsive actually we are just medical health professional associations in plateau say that are form ourselves to just also complement the efforts of government in this uh, COVID-19 response. Yeah, you yeah. know, but then again, you find out that a lot of people, because there's this widening trust deficit between government and the people. Okay. And so it is also influencing this response. Yeah. And then also, people are, there has been lack of transparency and mm-hmm. accountability that has characterized this response, yeah. especially on the part of government. And because government is not open, Many people believe that government is just using this COVID-19 uh, to pandemic money. to embezzle money. Yeah. You know, and so because of that, they feel like no, they shouldn't take government serious. Yeah. And for some people, it is because they are tired of government making promises and not fulfilling in the past. So what do and you so think the government that, should do? They have n- decided not to trust government. Yeah. So when and you see when this response started. The politicians were at the forefront. They relegated the technical people, the professionals, the health professionals to the background. They were the one talking. And so, and probably because they feel that, no, this COVID-19 is not something that will last long. Yeah. You know, and so it was business as usual. Mm-hmm. And so, and because of that, it has created a lot of uh, doubts. Yeah. You know, it has created credibility mm-hmm. issues, you know, for government and also in affecting the belief of people towards COVID-19. And yeah. that is a big problem True. Uh, for us in the response uh, towards uh, COVID-19, you know. Okay. Yeah. Let's talk about the vaccination. Mm. And uh, there's a rumor, uh, maybe you wouldn't be at the right position to douse it. There's a rumor as regarding us going on the next lockdown. How true is that? Well, the issue of lockdown shouldn't be a rumor. Okay. You see, uh, when you are responding to pandemic or epidemic, you know, you have to look at uh, data, okay, evidence and analyze and take decisions based on that. Okay. If we are continue, we continue to have high number of cases, if we continue to have high number of deaths or people coming down with a severe case, which we are seeing more in the second wave, yeah. then government will have no option than to uh, uh, declare a lockdown. But government knows that the decision of a lockdown is not a something one. that they should joke with yeah. because it is an economic decision. Sure. You know, government understands the need to protect livelihoods. Yeah. And it is 
this response is a dilemma for any policymaker, for any leader, yeah. because you have to balance between saving lives and protecting livelihoods. Mm -hmm. yeah. Do you allow people to just be earning while people are dying yeah. from the disease, or do you try to stop the transmission yeah. and people will, will have hunger and unemployment to deal with? Yeah. You know, and then we're not talking about the psychosocial consequences of lockdown again, mm -hmm. because. Uh, many people will get frustrated True. depression and you can will see set that in. human beings don't want to be for long in a condition that is not favorable True. and that's why you see after some time everybody became fatigued the yeah. government became fatigued the people became fatigued in the response everybody just was just throwing caution to the wind oh yeah. let's just go ahead to hell with uh, COVID-19 let's just yeah. live our life and the rest and these are just because uh, of uh, different personality type and the kind of response uh, that we, we, we are getting, you know. Okay, yeah. so about the vaccination, um, what should we expect from the government? Because they made a promise that by January, you know, the vaccination will be ready. Well, uh, they said January, but I think they've shifted it to early February. Okay. And this is because we are not the ones manufacturing the Of course. Uh, and there are major vaccine. concerns too in storing those yeah, vaccines. Yeah, and there are major concerns. In fact, like the pfizer biontech uh, vaccine you need to store it at minus 70 degrees centigrade uh just some few days ago uh the head of uh, national primary healthcare agency yeah. announced that they were able to buy some refrigerators that will be able to store those vaccines okay. uh, at uh, less uh, minus 70 degrees centigrade mm -hmm. and the hundred vials, hundred thousand yeah. vials that they expected would be able to be stored there. Yeah. The challenge will be when it's being transported to the zonal and state level. Will they still have the same yeah. thing or not? You know, and if, when the vaccine is removed from that refrigerator, it can stay at a temperature of two to eight degrees for at least five days. Wow. And so, uh, I think that um, government is able to will be able to handle that, even though we still have our fears. Uh, concerning that and then also government is putting uh, uh, also a focus on the other vaccine that doesn't require that l very low temperature yeah i think uh, they are the government said that they are reaching out to india yeah and russia to see how they can do that but then again government needs to spend time again telling people about the vaccine because we are having a lot of vaccine hesitancy yeah you know and uh, largely for many people is because of ignorance yeah. and then for some people is because of trust issues that mm. they have with uh, government with, with government yeah. you know and, and so government needs to engage um, uh, community leaders religious leaders uh, influencers in communities you know and be able to talk with them so that they can also carry this message to the uh, to people at the grassroots you know and then also government needs to you know, start dealing with people in a manner that speaks of transparency yeah. and accountability. That will, you know, make people be able trust to make more. people to trust them. You know, but as long as you everything is shady, yeah. when you spend money, you hide it. You, you know, it's not transparent. You know, you make people begin to tr have trust issues. You know, with you, and so that is not uh, advisable. And then also, government needs to bring the experts they need to allow the experts to be the, at the forefront of this response to really you know uh lead us you know not the politicians because yeah. when people see politicians talking about serious health issues they don't take them serious yeah you know but when they see professionals they see experts talking about it 
yeah they tend to take the most and i also feel there should be more conversations around this that's where people would build that trust yeah yeah and that's why you see many cultures i love the western world they build their democracy on debate yeah you know they are not afraid to talk about <laughs> difficult things and yeah. i for me i love that i look forward to that time that will allow you know freedom to really talk about difficult issues let's debate on them yeah. in debating we get to learn i get to learn perspectives you know and for me as i get older i now be, i realize that you know i don't know many things you know <laughs> and, and and i can't say i'm the only one who yeah. knows it all you know True. i i i i tend to respect different opinions that mm-hmm. are different from mine you know yeah. uh, you know and for me i think that's part of maturity yeah. you know and i think that we should begin to allow uh, the culture of debate you know let's talk about it let's talk about the vaccine let's let's listen yeah. listen to people let's listen to their fears listen to their concerns let's validate them True. and then point out where they are right and where they are wrong, wrong yeah. in a manner that is civil in a manner that is respectful and dignifying Okay. Yeah. So one last question before we leave. How do you think the infodemics has helped or have a shift in the behavioral pattern in well, Nigeria? I, I think the infodemics has affected um, quite a number of people negatively. Okay. Because it has uh, increased the number of skeptics, the number of people who don't believe in COVID-19. Yeah. It has affected uh, the risk perception yeah. concerning COVID-19 in such a way, especially amongst uh, younger people, especially people between 20 to uh, 40 years, you know, it has made them to downgrade the severity of COVID-19, yeah. you know, and I even think that is the good thing. And I think that um, there, if we are going to tackle this, we should also try to get the right information uh, across even social media and i think that one of the things that has encouraged the infodemics yeah is that there's a large information gap True. being left by communicators especially from the government side okay because uh, when you don't give people the proper information you yeah. le- you leave a vacuum of course so are you saying the are, uh, ncdc and, yeah. are you saying the ncdc and the ministry of health are not doing a lot oh, oh, from oh. social media to radio to bulletins and well, I will tell you that in my own estimation yeah. is that NCDC at the national level is trying. Okay. But when you try to bring it down, down to the state, to, yeah. they are not doing well. There are so few, uh, very few states that are outstanding. States like Lagos have been outstanding in their response. You know, but many of the states... I think in, in Plateau State, at some point we had a situation room. Right now, we don't hear from them again. Well, so the truth of matter, information uh, management concerning COVID-19 is poor in Plateau wow. State uh, because I'm in the health sector. <laughs> yeah. But I can tell you that I struggle to get the right information. Wow. You know, So maybe people who are really in the emergency operating room, they are the ones that probably have information. And, you know, why will you, when you look at the Western world, these are things that are open. Yeah. It helps in planning. You know, you have, okay, this is the epicenter. What do you do? You are finding it more in the social age group. Yeah. What do we, how do we cover intervention to target this specific group? Yeah. So context is very, very important. But in Plateau State, we are not really having that. We are not having adequate briefing. You know, and most times, even when you have briefings, it's largely the politicians, not the technical uh, people that yeah. are addressing the people. And I think that uh, that is not the right way to go about this pandemic. All right. Yeah.
that was dr meshach daniel thank you very much for stopping by um in fact i was even saying this before now i think i should take this podcast to mvri vom i mean let me get to talk to the experts you know since they, they are not having i, I don't want to say platforms but i really want to take this discussion to their office let's sit down and have this conversation yeah it will be good because they have been helping with the invest laboratory diagnosis which yeah. is a very important pillar honestly uh, in the response so uh, i think it will be good to hear that but you know mvri has the potential even to produce vaccine honestly you know all that you need is just our support and empowerment from government all right yeah thank you very much for stopping by but before yeah. you leave do you have any last word without one person listening that doesn't really believe that covid really exists moreover i'm a survival of covid of course so yeah i, I, I for, well for me i want to say that um for those who are saying that um covid 19 is not real i think it's a disrespect to survivors of covid 19 and then to those who have lost their loved ones because of COVID-19. I don't know the origin of COVID-19. Yeah. There are a lot of conspiracy theory, and that is not my way I'm bothered. You know? But what I know is that I have managed patients with COVID-19. Okay. Some have recovered, some have died. Wow. I know people, friends who have died, who have survived from COVID-19, and I know that this is real. And so, please, even if you don't believe, I think that you should just adhere to it because you may be protecting another person, you know. And I think that I want to appeal to our sense of social responsibility that um, it's not just about us. It's also about other people. It's about our parents. It's about our neighbor. You know, we should also protect them in our behaviors. And so let us adhere to these non-pharmaceutical measures of covering our face with uh, face masks, uh, hand hygiene, wash our hands or use hand rub and social distancing and then observing uh, cough or respiratory uh, etiquette. These are very, very cost-effective measures. You don't need to spend money. You can easily do them without any issue. You don't, you know, so uh, my appeal is that um, do it not because of yourself, but because of others. All right. Thank you very much for stopping by. I do hope this is resourceful and I hope you've learned one or two things, learned to also trust the government. I also expect that the government will be transparent enough and we should be having more of these conversations on all platforms. My name is Joey Shekwonojimbo. You can get more of this episode on my website www.joeyofair.com.ng on all socials. If you want to connect with the doctor, you have this on the show notes. You want to chat with him on Instagram, Facebook, and also on Twitter. Feel free to always write him an email. You have any questions or concerns? Well, he will reach out to you. My name is Joey Shekwonojimbo. See you next time. Bye bye. <laughs>